welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Right, well, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode something or other. I don't actually know. I think it's 66, but could be 67. It's definitely not 65, I'm, that I'm pretty sure about, I think. Um, cool, right, so intro out the way bumbling as usual because obviously i never I, I need to get better at researching what episode it is because yeah i don't i don't really club myself in glory do i so um we have today a special guest who we'll get around to in a moment but just say hello fran and hello matt hello 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 uh fran start with you what's been happening um so i have just been training um how many weeks out are you from? Uh, two weeks out two. today. So, yeah, things are beginning to kind of peak last week and the taper is going to start, which I'm very, very excited for because I am fatigued and starting to get sick of um, squat bench and deadlift, which I never thought I would say. But um, it always happens about this close to comp that I just don't want to be training. Um, so I'm excited to kind of, um, yeah, relax a little bit. Um, and kind of cruise into the competition, fingers what, crossed. What, what, um, for people who don't know, what's the point of a taper? Um, so the point of a taper is to just let all of the fatigue that has built up from my training cycle, so I've done a lot of volume, a lot of high-intensity um, work, so lots and lots of sets of many reps and lots of heavy singles. Um, so basically, my body is just under a lot of stress, um, and the taper just allows the fatigue to kind of go and um, hopefully um, my maximal strength to kind of show itself around about yeah around about two weeks today Mm. around about now two weeks today so yeah cool that's pretty much been my week that's it just training nothing else um nothing interesting um other than my car broke down yeah i saw that (laughs) that's the only other um, interesting thing. I've come home for a few days, so I'm back with the family. So that'd be nice because it's just nice to be back in my own bed and having a whole kitchen to kind of play in rather than a little student kitchen. So I was going to say about the car breaking down. So um, mm-hmm. did I see that you had to take a wheel off? I didn't have to take. I was going to say I'm going to be incredibly sexist here and say you didn't do it. No, the lovely AA guy that came to save me took my wheel off and save the day a bit um but he has shown me how to do it for future so hopefully i won't have to, if i do well put this way to change a wheel of a car you're probably stronger than the aa man so you could probably just lift the car up and do it well there's, there's that we know you're stronger than, we know you're stronger than matt so thanks thanks brilliant. i was i was expecting some sort of bite but no no it's probably very very true right now <laughs> yeah well yeah well, how's your recovery going mate good mate um back to work kind of reduced hours um so i need to do like five six hours a day if that which is tiring more tiring than I thought it would be but that's fine and then um swimming like i said i've been doing that for a few weeks now which is good getting better at that because it's kind of the only thing i was allowed to do and um i had my first I guess weights or resistance training session today. I went in, did the big boy weights, 
uh, Pablo style, I'd imagine. I think I was, um, what was I doing? I think I, I managed a hefty shoulder press of about eight kilos. So. I say, did you pick up the pink dumbbells? Uh, mate, even they were a struggle. But yeah, yeah, I literally just went in and just did some movement. Nothing uh, too structured or anything like that at the moment. Just, he said I can go in and, and muck around as long as the weight is light, which I did. So happy to do a bit of that, really. How long are you in the gym for? Oh, this is pretty about half an hour, I'd say. World record for you, then? At least three times as long as the time in Loughborough, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Did, uh, I, I assume you, le- <laughs> you left off the pre-workout. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, no pre-workout required. Um, I won't be touching that for a long, long while, I don't think. Wow. Well, glad to see you yeah, back in. Good, good. Yeah. Getting there slowly. Like, yeah. 80% of the way there. I think that's the thing is uh, you have to start somewhere even you know even if you're just on a break or had a long layoff I think you have to start somewhere and it's sensible to go in certainly obviously your condition aside but even for people who have had injuries or other reasons why maybe they've had a, a break from training you can't always go straight into your um, previous sets or, or weights or anything like that you've kind of got to turn, turn your structure back around to almost starting again to a certain extent and then just progress through haven't you? Yeah exactly that it's, it's kind of like learning some of the movement patterns again in terms of my shoulder and my neck anyway mm. and it's quite weak around there so i'll take it easy for a long while still cool but please allow me back that's good yeah uh, i'm bu- booked a holiday as well so that's the other nice thing oh have you where are you going yeah now that i'm allowed now that i'm allowed to fly again all the things are coming out um i need fitch ventura again back in in october so hopefully the physio and the surgeon will find me off for some some kite surfing if i'm lucky Boating? You hide a yacht again? No, 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 no yachts this time. Just, uh, just some kite surfing. Hopefully, I like to say no yachts this time. It's almost like, ah, oh, you know, it's just a man of your means, just hiring yachts. <laughs> yeah, no, no proposals going down this time. That's been and gone. Well, so yeah, cool. Something to look forward to as well. Cool. Right. So, I mentioned at the start we've got a guest. She's patiently waiting while we chitter chatter so um let's say hello to shannon so hi shannon is it shannon beer is that i assume that's yeah that's right easiest way to yeah i, I didn't know whether like because obviously that's a dream surname for a lot of people so <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like oh I, I hope i don't say this wrong and you're gonna come out it's got some sort of accent or something different on it no it's definitely it i've had shannon bear and things like that but nope beer that's how you say it, it reminds me of my favorite cheese joke Shannon What's that? <laughs> no, I can't say it. It's just gonna. No, I will say it because that might be funny. So, how, what what cheese would you use to get a bear out of a cave? I don't know. This is, this is dad joke all over. Come on, <laughs> come on, bear. Oh gosh. Classic. I got I got so many cheese jokes. So many because you know they are. You Matt, you are right. They are kind of cheesy dad jokes. But um, did you hear about that uh, explosion in France in the cheese factory? No. Apparently there was debris everywhere. Uh, <laughs> he's awful. I Everyone's going to turn off now. <laughs> I thought they were. I thought they were Gouda jokes, to be honest. But uh, they were kind of cringy ones that you feel like you have to laugh at. But <laughs> God, I, don't, I don't know if that one uh, went over everyone's head. But Gouda jokes. Gouda. We... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, get it. We get it. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. So, Shannon, I'm surprised you didn't drop your your uh, eat link code in there somehow. Oh, actually, was that? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's just that, that was just a quip at my sponsored athlete status. That's all. 
<laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. Um, they are looking for more ambassadors, as I mentioned, if people are interested. Eat lean. So if people want to get involved, free cheese. That's all I can say. It's worth it. I'm nearly out, actually. I should be due a delivery soon. I think I'm down to my last block. You managed to get through all that cheese. Yeah, I ate, you know, you know all, I had the 35 packs of spreadable I had. I just basically ate one a day instead of a protein bar. So, with carrot sticks and marmite rice cakes, which was amazeballs. Honestly, spre- um, spreadable, yeah, spreadable cheese on marmite rice cakes. Amazing. So, yeah, but I, I, I must admit, a bit like you and your uh, squat bed and dench, Fran, uh, I... Um, I did get a little bit towards the end thing. I'd be, I could get rid of these now. I think I've probably had enough spreadable cheese for a little while. So, yeah. Anyway, right. So, um, so Shannon, um, for those that don't know who you are, uh, let's find out a little bit about you. So, tell us what you want to want us to know. Okay, so I'm 22 from the UK originally, but currently in Sydney. Um, I studied law at King's College London and then decided that I don't want to be a lawyer. So I went back home and just worked to save some money, enrolled in Mac Nutrition Uni and I am now like a couple of weeks away from taking my exams. So hopefully soon be qualified with that. And in that space of time, I just uh, decided to go traveling for a bit. Wow. Wow, cool. Um... I studied A-level law. Oh yeah. At college, and did exactly the same. <laughs> Said I don't want to be a lawyer after doing that, and just decided to leave. So yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, no, that's really cool. So traveling wise, then, so um, where, let's let's find out whereabouts you've been because I probably think there's everywhere. Well, first I went to Vietnam, so I flew into Ho Chi Minh. And then I had two weeks there and I went from south to north, sort of did as much as I could, like really packed it in and then ended up in Hanoi and flew to Chiang Mai from there. So I went to Thailand after that, spent three weeks in Thailand and then I went to Bali, spent three weeks there as well and did the Noosa Islands, which is really nice. And then I flew to Melbourne and I was there for about six weeks and now I'm in Sydney Soon to be off to LA, back home, Dublin, then Singapore, and then back to Sydney, and I think I might move back to Melbourne. So that's for now, and then I don't know what's going to happen next. So oh, wow. <laughs> don't really have any plans to go home permanently yet, so who knows? No, I suppose it's one of those things where it's kind of like the dream thing for people to do. Why would you want to stay at home? Because, you know, it's like people in the UK, especially, no one wants to stay in the UK. Every, like the grass is always greener almost, but it's generally because of the weather, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely, I think I've learned that I need the sun in my life. So before you went traveling, and obviously I guess, have you always been into kind of fitness? Have you always tried to kind of keep in shape and yeah, that type of stuff? Or? I think so, because um, my mum's a personal trainer, so I've always been exposed to it. Um, and back at home, our garage is like kitted out into a mini gym. It's got like everything you need. So I always had the opportunity to train. And if I didn't know what to do, I had someone to ask for it. So I think I started working out maybe when I was about 16 and like weightlifting and all that. And then probably got more consistent with it and more serious about it when I went to uni. Um, and then I've just been, yeah, carrying on since then. So good few years now. Yeah, cool. No, it's good to, I'm, again, I've got a garage gym now, which 
I'll be honest, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. Oh, so, that's a nice setup, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice just to be able to train when you want, how you want, listen to what music you like, you know, no distractions um, is the dream. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I guess like, so being into fitness, going traveling, obviously with your study with nutrition, obviously helping clients, etc. How has like, how has it been in terms of, I know it's quite a broad question, but how has it been in terms of kind of dealing with, let's start with your own fitness. So let's like, how, how's it been in terms of being different places, no access to gyms or, or not the same access to the same gym or, you know, have to purposely find a gym, that type of scenario. How have you how kind of felt, found it or dealt with it? Honestly, it hasn't been as tricky as I thought. And I think for me, when I was sort of backpacking around, I just sort of decided before I went that I'd be happy just to maintain my fitness. I wasn't looking to make any progress. Um, and if I couldn't get to a gym, I wasn't too worried about it because, you know, there's other things that I'm focusing on. So it's just a case of, I think, more sort of making a conscious effort to look for a gym and trying to get there and then carrying on with my day and doing all the exploring and things like that. It's just sort of planning it in advance and, yeah, trying to go when I can. And if, for example, I was on an island or there wasn't any access to a gym, then I was just, you know, deal with it or do um, different activities. So in in Vietnam, when I was in Phong Nha, I stayed there for a few nights. Um, there wasn't any gyms like at all, so I had no option. But one morning, I just got on a bike and cycled around, like, around the mountains and stuff for a bit, which was fun. Um, and one day, we arranged to do a jungle trek. So there's just, like, other ways to stay active, even if there's not a gym. Um, one day in on Katba Island, there wasn't a gym there either. Um, and I <laughs> did a sort of makeshift workout in my hostel room using like the bed frame and things like that, like pull-ups on the bed frame and lots of press-ups and all that kind of stuff. So just making an effort where I could and then not worrying so much when it wasn't really an option. Yeah. I, I tell you, it sounds to me like an amazing opportunity to explore something like what sounds like probably quite a small island on a bike by getting fitness in but still being able to then see loads of stuff because especially being on a bike you can see a lot more than you'd be able to on foot as well exactly so it's far more enjoyable than you know i'd never really do that at home but it seems like a fun idea when you're in a new place isn't it mm. was it a per- um, oh, sorry mate go on god let's just say it sounds cool and you're doing that kind of stuff but how did you find you said you were like happy to kind of maintain your fitness did you change your nutrition at all or did you kind of enjoy all the food you wanted to enjoy and you know kind of put that on the back burner in that respect yeah I just I just I'm such a foodie that there was no way that I would go somewhere and not try something um so my nutrition changed in the sense that I couldn't eat you know foods I'm used to eating and what I would tend to do is well in Vietnam all the hostels I stayed at would give you free breakfast so that was really nice. So that was quite easy just to have. They had even things like eggs and pancakes. So that was pretty easy because that's kind of stuff that I've, you know, happily eat anyway. And um, then when I was out and about, I tended to, other than Vietnam where I had the breakfast, I tended to only eat a couple of meals a day. I think because it's so hot in these places that my appetite, you know, wasn't as strong as normal. And I could tend to sort of fast until maybe midday just have a coffee in the morning and then I would just have two really big meals 
Um, so I just sort of choose whatever I wanted because one, I didn't want to, you know, spend too much money on food when you're on a backpacker's budget. So I wanted the, the meals to fill me up. And um, when you're out and about and busy, you do get distracted and you're just not thinking about food as much as you would, you know, normally. So my diet definitely changed. Um, and I tried to, where I could, sort of make a conscious effort to choose like the high protein options if I could. But at the same time, I would indulge in whatever it was, you know, that was there that I fancied. Um, but I had some really good meals. I mean, some of the stuff, it's like there's a lot of rice and curries, uh, especially in Thailand. Vietnam um, had things like pho, which is just noodles, broth and meats and veggies. So that's pretty, you know, um, easy to fit into a day kind of thing. Um, desserts wise, that was fun. There's a lot of like street markets at night. So I'd go out and, you know, have lots of different bits there. That was quite easy as well because I could pick chicken on a stick or something a bit weirder. There was bugs and all that kind of Tarantulas. stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> little yeah. omelettes cooked in banana leaves, which is nice. Um, there's loads. I mean, you could you could go on and on, but you can also sort of try bits and bobs. And then I'm someone who's quite happy to share things. Like when it comes to a dessert, I'd happily order a few desserts, get a taste of everything, and then I'm sort of satisfied. Um, so yeah, my nutrition definitely changed and. Like, I'd be eating things like pho and hot pots for breakfast, which I'd never imagined doing back at home. But I think when you're in a new environment, just everything is different. Mm. Oh, and I tried egg coffee in Vietnam. That was nice. I was going to say, did you get the, um, did you get the coffee so in good. Vietnam? Yeah, it's really it's good. It's like custard, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not a espresso. And even the, the normal coffee is quite good. The, uh, the drip one they do. Oh, it was my favourite. I have to go back to Vietnam just for the coffee, I think. I'm thinking probably probably more around like uh, Asia rather than um, like Australia, etc. But did you kind of struggle to get enough protein in? Or I know you said you were less conscious of it, or not less, sorry, less bothered or driven by it. But is it, being conscious of it anyway, being, I suppose, the, the level of knowledge, and you know obviously how beneficial for health it is. And did, did you struggle to get what you consider enough? Yeah, I think so. I think um, in Vietnam, probably, because if, say when you order something like pho, there's probably two strips of beef and the rest is noodles and veg, you know, so definitely portion-wise. Um, and if I was only having like a couple of meals a day, uh, but I would load up, say, for breakfast, I would just make sure I had loads of eggs. And if there was boiled eggs, I would have, you know, a couple of whole eggs and then just steal the rest of the eggs and just eat the egg whites, just things like that. Um, See, so there's ways around it, but I don't know. I, I think it was easier in Thailand because what I would do is look for a 7-Eleven because in these 7-Elevens, they did just a packet of plain chicken breast. So if I was doing my thing where I kind of fasted in the morning, if I did get particularly hungry, I would go to a 7-Eleven and just buy a chicken breast. So at least I know I've got one portion of protein in oh. um so that was quite easy uh but not all of them actually had them which is a bit annoying um so yeah if it, uh, thailand was pretty i think i was good there that was pretty easy um lots of you know meat with your main dishes and curries and stuff like that and um, vietnam not so much i think that was probably where i struggled the most 
Bali was fine because the places I stayed, like in Changu, it's a proper fitnessy area. Um, and there was like protein cafes and all that kind of stuff. So I could go and get happy hour protein shakes. I did that most days. Um, the CrossFit box I was training at had their own cafe and they'd do all of that kind of stuff, like protein waffles. And, you know, so it's not really authentic Balinese cuisine, but it was pretty easy there as well. Um, Oh, and lots of seafood. So it wasn't too bad, but I guess I definitely had less than what I would usually. Yeah. It's just about making like a conscious effort to seek it out, you know. Yeah. Do, do you think that because you had some sort of form of fitness goal in terms of whether it's just maintenance or whatever, do you think because you're a bit more conscious than your average traveller, um, it limited your experience in any way? That doesn't sound like it did, really, because it sounds like you just embraced most of it and just did what you could, but... Did it limit it, do you think, or could you have done more? No, yeah, I don't think so, because um, you can still do all the things, you know, I made sure to do everything that I wanted to do, and as I say, food-wise, I tried everything that I wanted to try, and that's, you know, all of desserts, oh, we had this that amazing mango sticky rice in Thailand, and went to a restaurant there and got chatting to the manager, and she just gave it to us on the house, and that was that was amazing. So I definitely ate everything that I wanted to. I guess the only thing that I didn't really do as much as typical travellers is I didn't go out at night as much. Um, but I that's I don't really do that tons anyway. I don't mind a drink or two, um, but I'm not really. I don't know. That wasn't my idea of travelling mm. to go out every night just drinking in different places. Part, partly for money making you feel tired the next day, and I want to sort of go out do activities and see things. So. I guess that's the only thing I didn't do as much as most people, but I don't think that affected my experience at all because yeah. I'm not really that interested anyway. Yeah, that was going to be my next question actually in terms of um, did you go out partying a lot and how kind of that did that affect everything, but you can't answer that I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a few. Um, there's a lot of free alcohol going around. Some of these hostels um, have you know an hour in the evening where the drinks are free. To get everyone together so I take advantage of that but then I sort of stop there I suppose <laughs> yeah no to be fair I mean I'm very much the same I'm not really a big drinker and I don't know how I feel in terms of if I was in your position a bit younger you know a couple of years younger obviously not not much younger um <laughs> and obviously out on the traveling I don't know how how I'd feel differently but yeah I'm, I'm very, exactly the same alcohol just doesn't bother me at the moment so I very rarely drink Unlike our young friend, people too, but it's just like the whole. Like I don't need to do it constantly all evening, you know. I just like to enjoy one or two, and then yeah. Yeah. I think my approach would be very similar to you as well. Have the energy to go out and do things and see things in the day, rather than sort of like waste half the day hungover the next day. I would probably. Yeah. Plus, I think if you're traveling, I thought the point was to experience a different place. And if you're drunk in a bar at night I could be anywhere in the world <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny you say that actually because I've, I've been traveling quite a lot and I, had a, I guess when I went when I was your age and even younger as well and then when I came back a few years later this is funny a lot of the results or places I've been are now very focused around drinking like I went to KPP in Thailand mm. when I first went it was kind of really cool like backpacker uh, I guess laid back, chilled out vibe with like beach bars and stuff, which was fine. You could chill out and sit in the beanbags and have a few drinks. Whereas 
when I went back last time, they built these massive concrete, almost nightclubs on the beach and stuff like that. So I think people's views of travelling are different. Don't get me wrong, I did enjoy a drink and stuff back in the day, but I think it was a different kind of vibe. It wasn't like uh, up all night, kind of nightclub-y drinking. It was more sit on the beach and have a few with friends and socialise. So it's interesting you said yeah. that as well. I think um, Thailand, three is definitely a more party oriented. I really haven't planned where I was going. So a lot of people recommendations on where to go next, and it was all based on you know where the best party was and things like that. I remember going to a hostel in Kanta, and it was raining all day. And um, the hostel manager said that he'd put on happy hour drinks. Unless we'll get effed up and things like that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> There's definitely a big culture around it. I think if you get stuck with people and that's all they want to do, then yeah, maybe that can, maybe then I'd feel like my fitness goals would, you know, hamper my experience because I wouldn't feel inclined to join. But luckily I was, you know, pretty all right with all that. You, you mentioned earlier about obviously finding gyms and kind of doing what you can do depending upon where you were how how'd you go about doing it is it literally just a simple case of get on the internet and google or what was your yeah i would basically just google best gyms in wherever i was um or if i wanted to try something in particular so in thailand i did a few muay thai lessons so i just google muay thai lessons in chiang mai and then um, I use Google Maps a lot, so I just bookmark where all the gyms were and then figure out where I was staying and then just try whatever gym was the closest or had the best reviews. So, yeah, just Googling, really. Yeah. Did So, like, did you have kind of specific requirements then? So, obviously, you know, experiences aside, i.e. the Muay Thai or, or whatever, did, did you were you specifically looking for, like, CrossFit gyms? Because you mentioned CrossFit or anything like that? Or? No, in particular, um, because just... M- the way I like to train, I mostly just use sort of free weights anyway, dumbbells and barbells. I don't really require a lot of equipment as such. So I'm just, you know, I was just happy to find a gym that had dumbbells, really. That was good enough for me. <laughs> but yeah, I did enjoy the costume and the Muay Thai. Yeah, cool. Good. Now, I, I, I just think it's, di- it's different because I guess, like you say, you, you're probably going to not struggle, but you can't necessarily be choosy, I suppose, in terms of having certain equipment when you're obviously in the middle of nowhere potentially or in the middle of a country you've got no idea what's about other than access to the internet so I suppose that can be quite difficult yeah I miss the Stairmaster because I do quite enjoy going on the Stairmaster every now and then I think I know I know strange one but when I got to Melbourne I'd been two months without one and that was definitely a struggle getting back on for the first time I felt like I was dying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what, what, so what was like your, your favourite either gym or fitness experience say then let's let's include all of it oh, I actually had quite a few good ones so I think in Thailand I got into because I stayed in Chiang Mai for a good week which is quite a long time when you're only in Thailand for three weeks so it was like a large portion of my um, trip and I went to the same gym, Most it was called Go Gym in Chiang Mai, and there was um, like, they did protein shakes there, and little protein balls and all this, the gym was huge, really cheap, and there was loads of food stalls outside, it had everything, like loads of equipment, 
Um, I re- so I really enjoyed that gym and all the staff members didn't really speak great English, but they were nice and friendly and always did a little bow when I came in. So I was like, that was nice. Um, I think the coolest experience was maybe in Pi when I worked out, ugh, it was it was a Muay Thai gym. So they literally had a couple of dumbbells and that was it and a kettlebell. But I managed to get a really good workout in just with that. Um, and that was really cool because it was sort of outside. I could watch the people training um, for their Muay Thai fights or whatever. And there was like dogs running around. So I was like, I am in Thailand right now. Like that was a proper sort of authentic yeah. experience. Um, I really enjoyed the CrossFit box in Bali. Again, they had a nice cafe there. And you just meet loads of people that way, I think. Um, I didn't really do many of the classes. I just sort of did my own training. But that was nice. Um, the, um... I think that- is that the box everyone goes to, that CrossFit Wonderlust one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just went there. Cool. So hyped, isn't it? That I thought I might as well try it whilst I was there. I thought it was fun, yeah. I think um, cool. my favourite gym, maybe overall, was the one that I trained at in Melbourne. So I was there for about a month. Um, it was Doherty 24-7 gym. It's like an underground gym. And they have, it's like, it looks like a tunnel almost. And there's like four different sections. They have um, a boxing ring. They have one with all like your cardio equipment. So where I went back on the stairmaster, and then two with um, loads of sort of. It's a proper bodybuilding gym. There's pictures of Arnold and Ronnie Coleman everywhere. I think he's been there because there was like signed, like little signature posters and things like that. So I think that was probably my favourite gym that I would train at long term because it had everything I needed. But maybe experience-wise, as a one-off, that one in pie with like the dogs, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it does sound cool. I, I, I mean, I, one of my things is obviously I've not done enough travelling. Um, I'd love to be able to do a bit more. Obviously, being a dad now, it's a bit, bit more difficult. But um, some experiences sound like so cool. Um, and being a bit of a foodie uh, myself, mm-hmm. um. I'd love to go try lots more the, the different cuisines from different places. So, I mean, I've done a bit of traveling, but not as much as I'd like. Um, what was your, like, so moving back to, like, the nutrition or, or food aspect, what, what was your, your favorite thing in terms of food? So let's let's go with pick one meal that was your most favorite, or is that a too difficult question? That is the hardest question you could possibly ask. <laughs> oh. All right, name a few, name a few. I know you kind of, you said a couple things already, but name a few. A few. Um, so I did cooking classes everywhere I went, which was really fun because oh, wow. you get you know, all the dishes there. So that's a really good way of trying the food. I think in Vietnam, my favourite dish was banzo, which is like a crispy, savoury pancake. The pancake itself, the batter's made out of, I think it was rice flour and coconut milk, something like that. And it's got pork and shrimp inside. That was really nice. Enjoyed a lot of pho. Uh, had some banh mi, which I wasn't really that fussed about trying. So I thought it was just a sandwich. But no, it's definitely really nice. Um, the bread's really good. Obviously had a lot of coffee, which is a highlight for me. <laughs> so I'm a bit of a coffee snob. Um, what else? I think barley I had, I really like gado gado, which is sort of vegetables, tempeh, I uh, had a lot of that, poached eggs and like this spicy peanut sauce. I really enjoy um, spicy foods, so I had a lot of curries and stuff like that in Thailand. Um, I mentioned before the cooking love where I had that mango sticky rice, that was a highlight. 
um, and the woman was so lovely. Oh, and I had a mango chicken curry, which definitely recommend. I think a lot of my favourite meals um, more to do with the experience. So, say for example, in Vietnam, one of our hostels put on like a group dinner to get everyone together, um, where it's like home cooked and we ate it on the rooftop. So things like that. It was just like loads of rice, loads of different veggie like curries. Uh, that was really nice. I had a barbecue in a jungle when I was in Vietnam, which was fun. And um, just like barbecued meats, again, rice, um, veg. I think you can't really go wrong with that kind of thing. Um, I don't think I had anything too strange other than bugs. I guess that's pretty strange. And the food markets. That's yeah, a bit that- of fun. Oh, I did try a lot of random foods, like a sweet potato and green bean cake. Things like that. <laughs> just try anything. To yeah. it was really nice. I, I, it was really I, was, good. I was just going to ask, like, um, just because obviously, especially the food in in Asia again is like can be a bit different from a Western world. What was the weirdest thing you had? But you just said you didn't have it. Did you not try the tarantula then? I tried. Yeah, I tried like crickets and worms. So I guess that's kind of weird. Yeah. I think like I don't know. Yeah, I guess a lot of it was just rice and veg. I really like the things cooked in like banana leaf. I think just the difference is like the flavors are so fresh. Mm. Uh, like, especially the Vietnamese um, cuisine, like a lot of mint and things like that. Mm. Um, also, I I enjoyed. I went to the the mountains and we ended up eating with like a family who literally live in the mountain. So I think they just welcome randomers in because you know they don't really get that many people coming across them and um i just noticed like differences in things that they'd eat so they'd eat whole chilies alongside their meals so you'd bite off a bit of the chili and then eat your dish and things like that that was pretty that was nice to try yeah. quite like feeling like i'm you know doing as they would do yeah um yeah yeah I'm, I'm... Did you miss... oh sorry okay. no no you know you go yeah i was just gonna say what did you miss did you miss anything um, from like your normal diet when you were traveling around to miss like uh, at the time not so much but then when I got to Melbourne and obviously as you know food's just what I would eat in the UK mm. I was really excited to get like my Greek yogurt back and <laughs> protein bars I was craving protein bars and chocolate I didn't eat like any chocolate at all um, when I was away really? and I did crave like a good you know, poached egg and avocado on toast, <laughs> that kind of thing. But now that I'm having it, I miss like the other cuisines I was trying. Mm-hmm. I, I'd miss the curries from Thailand and the Vietnamese like salads and you know all that kind of stuff. So it's just where you are, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, some of the like the chocolate, especially out in in Asia, you know, like there's some of the weirdest chocolate as well. Like even some like more recognisable brands like weird flavour Kit Kats and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you not indulge any of those or do you not do you not try any of those or I tried a green Kit Kat, yeah. yeah. But I didn't think it was that weird. I just thought we you know pretty standard nowadays, isn't well, it? Well yeah. yeah Maltesers now. Yeah. In Australia. Oh wow. Oh tried kangaroo and crocodile as well. Not yeah. a fan of crocodile so much, but no. kangaroo's nice. Yeah, same. I've tried both. Um, in the UK, so, mainly, but. well, they sell it nicely now, don't they? Uh, what kangaroo? Do kangaroo oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I actually not bought not. some. I bought some kangaroo burgers from Sainsbury's not so long back. Had a kangaroo sausages, which is pretty nice. Yeah, um, I tried crocodile once, and my description of crocodile was it tastes like swamp. 
it's just I just found it really tough. Yeah. And chewy. Um, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I don't know if I found it. I mean, it's a little tough, but I wouldn't say it's like horrendously. Like you expect crocodile to literally be like leather, don't you? But I wouldn't say it's like that. But it just felt it tasted a bit swampy, fishy. It's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> Which is obviously I mean, probably, probably in your probably in your head, Brazil. Oh, it might be. I don't know. But then I had the same thing about frog's legs. Tried frog's legs, and I was just like, everyone says they taste like chicken. I was like, no, they taste like fishy swampiness. Not not very pleasant. <laughs> I think the worst thing I've had was snake, which was in Vietnam. Snake. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I would have tried it if I was offered snake, but isn't no. one, isn't one of their really popular dishes snake seven ways? Yeah, well, that's exactly what we had. We've oh. like. Did you do the heart? I didn't because there's only one, and that someone else did. Oof. Um, but they give you like the skin deep fried and the meat. The meat's alright. Tastes like chicken. Yeah, of course. It doesn't, it doesn't, swampy, it fishy chicken. No, it doesn't. But um, yeah, that's really cool. The the heart thing, I was just because I I saw it on uh, Ramsey show where he did the heart, where they obviously kill the cobra or whatever the hell it is live and put the heart in a shot of rice wine vinegar and just drink it in one. And he said the like when they hold the shot to the camera, the heart's still beating in the shot glass, and obviously uh... he said you can feel it beating as it goes down. It's like esophagus. You're like, oh my god, that makes me feel disgustingly ill. I reckon I would try it, but I, I'd be honest, oh. I probably would just to say I have because you know it's quite a cool thing, even though it's not. But yeah, to be honest, they um they offered it to well someone else shotgun it, but they give you so much like uh, like rice wine with snake's blood and bile in. So one's bright green, one's bright red. But you, you by the time you come to actually eat it, you're probably um pretty pissed anyway. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You well, you kind of. Almost need to, don't you? So, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I guess like so. Uh, having kind of been through all the different countries you've been, all the travelling, is there anything you kind of now do differently as you did before? Um, I suppose not when it comes in like to terms with like fitness wise. I guess there's places that I missed out on, say in Thailand, that I. I went to a couple of places that I didn't enjoy as much um, and then I missed out some places that I think I would have liked to have gone to but that's just a case of running out of time. Mm. I don't think really there's anything I would have done differently because you sort of, I don't know, everything's an experience so I just sort of had fun wherever I went and um, I definitely want to go back and I probably will go to, I'd like to go to spend more time in Hoi An loved it there and mm. um, I'd probably go back to Chiang Mai and back to Changu as well it's nothing I'd say I'd do differently just have more time but that's always going to be my answer I think yeah sure uh, I, I was going to ask a question actually earlier and I didn't and so I'm just going to backtrack a little bit but in terms of like your uh, approach to like your eating while you're away then so obviously you mentioned about fasting potentially or was your kind of main approach around just kind of limiting what you might, or what was your more, not main approach limits? I'll, just, I'll reword it. What is your kind of like fear? So what was what were you trying to not do? I.e., were you more worried about kind of putting on body fat, or were you more worried about like losing fitness, or what was kind of like your main concern? I think my main. I didn't. I can't say I had any major concerns because I knew that I wasn't going to be there permanently, and I wanted to try as much as I could whilst I was there. 
And I thought, worst case scenario, I'll just get back on it when I'm in Australia and settled again. And then before you know it, you're back to square one where you were before you started. So I guess I, the only thing I wanted to do was, um, first, my priority was to enjoy my food, basically, um, and try everything that I wanted to try. But then aside from that, I guess it was just to maintain like muscle and things like that, which was... I guess a bit difficult I feel like my strength and performance went down but that was more so a case of things like I'd spent a night you know in a hostel and had like two hours sleep it wasn't really anything to do with nutrition as such um or I just my sleep the night before had been on a night bus and I was only asleep for about six hours because we got to the new place at 5am you know there's things like that really that affected progress in that way but other than that, I was just more focused on having a good time, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. So. Did, did, in nutritional approach then, so as I started the question, so you mentioned about fasting. Did you do anything else? So did you track at all? Did you just kind of conscious habits of any types? Or what kind of what did you do? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't bother tracking um, whatsoever. But I didn't really even think about it that much. I just sort of chose the foods that I'd like to eat. And... Especially, like, for the most part, the meals were pretty healthy. So, as I say, there was things like rice and curries that I would make and eat anyway, but just ten times nicer because they're authentic and fresh, you know. I did notice that they would cook with a lot of oil. So I guess little things in my head, if I'd had um, some kind of stir-fried type um, meat for lunch, then maybe for dinner I would go for something that had been baked in a clay pot just to just to minimize to minimize to minimize everything. Oh, and I did. If say when I was in Bali, uh, I noticed a lot of it was more like a um, low carb, high fat approach. Like a lot of the restaurants, the health restaurants um, would offer would be like detox salads with loads of oil drizzled and everything, and pesto and nuts and all that kind of stuff. And that's not my preferred way of eating. I just enjoy carbs and I feel like I perform better when I'm on them so I guess I'd make an effort for things like that to say you know could you not just put 10 tablespoons of oil on my salads please like can you leave that off and I do that in the UK anyway because that's just not what I enjoy um but yeah it's just more I'd try and make sure that I got protein at you know every meal but again I would do that either way um and I did start to as I say when I was in Bali every day I would get a protein shake at happy hour time just to make sure I got you know extra servings there but yeah other than that I'm not really I suppose cool. that sounds cool that sounds um, cool um, just going to ask in terms of like, I guess health culture in like, other countries, culture in other countries the, UK, the UK how did you how did you find that and where did you find that I guess, the, I guess the healthiest, the country, you've the been. healthiest country you've been um, I think I would say the um, they're not as conscious of their health as we are, probably due to maybe like education and things like that. Um, I think if you're talking about the healthiest, um, maybe Vietnam, just because their work is so manual. It's a lot of work in rice fields. Like everyone's active in that sense, um, but everyone smoked everywhere I went. 
my hostel in um, Bali in Changu was literally a hot box, which <laughs> wasn't the most enjoyable. Um, but yeah, so I guess they're not as health conscious or aware as we are. There's definitely not a sort of fitness culture. Um, not that I experienced anyway. Um, they've got the gyms and all that, but I think, say when I was in Bali, it was more um, travellers that were, you know, people would come there to train to so everyone at CrossFit Wonderlust. There wasn't any locals, you know, training there. It's everyone on holiday. Um, so I guess, they're, I guess they're not as aware in that sense. But there's a lot of surfers there. So people stay active, um, but I guess they're not doing it on purpose, if that makes, you know, any sense. So if there was a country that you could live in or maintain or improve your fitness goals the best, which was it? I'm going to guess it wasn't one of the uh, the Asian countries. I don't know why. I just think, I just think of lower socioeconomic environment and less access to decent gyms and that type of stuff. But Definitely less access to decent gyms. I reckon... I could maintain my fitness. I think in Hoi An, I had a nice little routine going on. My hostel um, had bikes, so I'd sort of cycle around everywhere, uh, get a coffee. And the gym that I trained at in Hoi An, I can't remember what it was called, um, that was pretty modern. And had a, that was probably one of the nicest gyms I've been to. They had a functional fitness area. They had everything there. And um, there was a lot of nice restaurants as well. So I reckon... I could figure it out and, you know, get some decent protein in and hit the gym and chill on the beach in Hoi An. That would be nice. Chiang Mai, I reckon I could do it there as well. I thought about this because I want to go back to these places. So (laughs) Um, Chiang Mai, I walked around a lot. I think that helps as well. My activity levels were so high. Um, I actually think I ended up being the leanest I've ever been traveling, which is kind of strange when you think about maintaining fitness goals. But I could definitely do it um, in Chiang Mai. I'd like to do it there as well because I'd like to have more Muay Thai lessons. Uh-huh. Um, and that's that's a pretty hard workout. You're going for a good couple of hours. Um, pretty, like, constant work as well. So I reckon I could get pretty fit in Chiang Mai. Changu I could as well because, um, especially the CrossFit gym, that was easy. And with this kind of lifestyle, you can train as much as you want. So I could do, like, cardio in the morning, go off, eat, walk around, explore, go to the beach, come back and train in the afternoon and then sunbathe all the evening. Do you know what I mean? Like it's quite easy. But I think I guess overall, probably um Melbourne just because that gym had a stairmaster. <laughs> and I just really <laughs> I really enjoyed that gym. Um and you know, food wise you're cooking for yourself so you have more control. Um, so I guess I could maintain it and make progress in Melbourne, but I reckon I'd be all right in the other places as well. Isn't that the uh, fitness pro dream where you kind of go to the beach and then work in the afternoons on laptop? Yeah, that's what I was doing for the most part. It was pretty fun. Which kind of segues into my next question. I know you you have clients, is that right? Or do you have online clients? Yeah, yeah, um, I do. I started um, offering coaching before I left. And it's, yeah, I've been maintaining that and actually getting more people as well since I've been traveling, which is nice. And how have you found, I guess, coaching those guys while you've been traveling? Uh, it's been um, really good because sort of the purpose for me, it, like to travel and not have to work um, full-time hours, is that I have more free time to dedicate to that kind of thing. So as I think I mentioned before, I'm finishing like my studies um, with Mac Nutrition. 
so to have a lot of free time to go over that and to um, improve like what I can offer people that's been part of the reason for it so I've always had like every afternoon if I had free time I'd be at a nice cafe in a new environment drinking great coffee and doing my work and things like that so that's been really good and um I, we figured out the best times of the time difference best times to have calls and nowadays you can keep in touch so easily with Instagram Facebook you can video call people through Instagram which I didn't know until my mum accidentally rang me with her chin <laughs> I was having a conversation with her so yeah it's quite easy I think to keep in touch nowadays and work like that oh, and do, do you think that's helped with and you said you've gained more clients you think I guess keeping the fitness stuff on your Instagram because I've seen a lot of that along with side with your travelling help with your bringing in clients or do you think you I think kind of would have done that, anyway? I think um, that helps. I think it's generated more interest and people like to see, you know, what you get up to when you're travelling, I suppose. But the clients that I've actually got um, since then have been through, like, recommendations of the clients like I already had. So that's actually how I've gained is just by people you know making progress with me and then telling more people about it I'm really focused on trying to promote it too much and more so focused on giving people that I do have the best experience and then sort of hoping that you know it'll grow from there and I'm not in any particular rush to try and you know get as many people in as possible I just want to focus on improving and gaining enough knowledge and experience with the people I do have and getting those people results yeah I think that's what's helped the most yeah no it's an amazing way of looking at it and I'll be honest regardless of travel or not should be a way everyone looks at it anyway so Mm. cool well um I have enjoyed every second of hearing about the traveling and i'm not one bit jealous i'm not um, <laughs> it's making me want to ditch my masters and just go traveling yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going next year so all right shall we? Um, billy big balls yeah. i think i've told you this already brazil yeah, no, yeah. six months yeah. yeah where are you going uh, we've got no plans we get flights to bangkok and then we have to be in australia at some point for um to pick up some medication but we need to just stop there once so yeah no plan just gonna see where we go and how we like it i've been out that way quite a lot so um kind of i know a fair bit about where to go and stuff and i think i'll make sure i go back to hoi an you, you said that yeah i've been there twice now i think it's one of my favorite places so it's been That's so nice it's been a couple of weeks there if i can mm. be well, good i'll probably know. still be on this side of the world hopefully by then yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe it's putting me in the right direction of a gym or something. Yeah, might bump into you at one of these gyms. <laughs> yeah, the, the travel will be good for Charlotte, I guess, and her um, uh, her blog or her, her yeah, travel page. Yeah. It's been a long week. Yeah, um, I think that's what week she's kind of gearing up to is using that when she goes away. So be good for her. Um, obviously, we've got the added complications with her healthcare, but that's going to be part of the challenge of planet all i think so yeah that'd be a lot, um, a lot of the reason why people would be interested in seeing it as well yes exactly but i don't um i don't think anyone from work listens to this but if they do no one at work knows isn't going yet so oh, <laughs> you'd be surprised how, how easy it gets around i've got people at my office that listen to it i didn't know don't know how but yeah, I guess yeah, yeah there's, or... there's, there's pockets of people that 
randomly listen to it. So they have to listen to the whole thing to get to this bit, there. So true. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying, Fran? What are you saying? Yeah, everyone who tunes in to listen to the whole thing, surely. I'm just saying. Um, for anyone that doesn't follow uh, Charlotte, her thing is uh, they say at it's uh, it's been a long week, right? Yeah, that's it. Well, shout out, uh, for, especially yeah, for the, the, the people that love traveling. Yeah, her little travel blog. Well, traveling with her, she got cystic fibrosis, so traveling with that, how she manages it. Yeah, cool. That's very cool. Um, no, so just going back. Yeah, I've like obviously massively enjoyed it all. Um, do you want to? Well, actually, before I go on, has anyone else got anything you want to ask, Shannon? No, Matthew. No. Cool. Right. Well, now's your chance to shout out anything you want to shout out. So, if you want to throw out your socials, anything you want to talk about, do it now. And sure. So, I post a lot on Instagram. That's Shannon Beer underscore FF, and that is. B-W-E-R, like the drink. Um, I, just, I update my stories with, you know, lots of travel things and guess I just post workouts, food, um, nutrition advice, all that kind of stuff. I also have a Facebook group just called Forever Fit. So I guess you can request to join that if you just want, for, again, free advice. And I think um, if you've got any questions about anything, I'm always happy to talk and help people where I can, whether that's travel or food or workouts, fitness, anything. Super cool. Right, well, uh, big thank you for me and obviously for the other guys, even though they're here, they can say thanks, I know. But no, big thank you. Obviously, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I, like Fran says, just make me want to go travelling. Really do. <laughs> all these Saying the things you don't do that you regret in life. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, when 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 summer's 18 i'll just ditch her off and say right you're out now off you go i'm going traveling so, i've been waiting for this yeah, I've been waiting for like, time. Um, i'm 23 and my family still haven't ditched me so you might have a bit longer than 18 wow. to go why are you still at home i moved out when i was 18 come on oh no i have moved out but i just like coming back yeah well i just said the same to ed like come on mate get out they don't want you there any longer Um, ed Ed spent all his money on the jag i know it's the thing he's now stuck at home for another five years until that thing's paid off (laughs) actually you say that we pay for the jag not him yeah. yeah yeah that's happened a couple of times now hasn't it yeah it has yeah. back back backstory is we have a company account for no nonsense nutrition and the jag payments keep coming out of it accidentally apparently accidentally <laughs> jesus right um right well i'm gonna push the button so i say big thank you and obviously hope everyone enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next week thanks cool. for having me no Nice. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.